All right. Hey, everyone, and welcome again to That Vintage Lens. We are broadcasting from the home studio today. Um, and the That Vintage Lens. The Oops. that vintage lens, the, yeah, that's that's going to be a mouthful. Yeah, the the vintage lens. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, so we're back in the studio today, and today we're going to be talking about a fun topic: um, our failures. Some of the times that we've had just absolutely terrible experiences we've either messed up or something's happened first off i want to send you guys toward our our website uh, you should really check out thatvintagelens.com. if you're listening to the podcast you may also not know we have a great blog there uh, we post a lot of photos film photos from our trips from our uh, experiences in town here in chicago um, and we have a lot of travels too so that's great to check out and we're going to be uh upcoming we're going to be posting some new videos we're going to be um doing a little bit of, of uh video work as well whether that's camera reviews or um lots of other fun stuff so and as a as filmmakers ourselves um we know the, a little bit about that yeah we, we do know a little bit about that so. i think more importantly we love doing that we love yes. doing that yes so uh, that's our day jobs and film photography is the hobby so it'll be great <laughs> to kind of combine some of those things it's our home job it's it's our home job yeah <laughs> I also wanted to uh, just kind of give a quick shout out to the three gentlemen sitting in front of me here. Uh, about two years ago, I was looking for a way to kind of let out some creativity that I, I maybe couldn't uh, let out at work just because it was it didn't kind of fit in with uh, what we were doing. Um, and so I, I started doing a lot more with film photography and decided to start that vintage lens to kind of release a little bit of that, those inner thoughts. Uh, my wife got a little bit tired of hearing me talk about cameras every day and every night. And so uh, writing the blog and starting the podcast was kind of my way of letting that out. And for a while, it was just me. Um, but I'm very glad to have a great team here with me today. Um, Andy Adamas, Daniel Gebert, and John Henry Keenan. Um, and so it's just been a lot of fun. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see where everything goes from here. We're, we're, like I said, we're planning videos. We're planning uh, to do more frequent podcasts and, uh, and to share a lot more of our experiences with you as a team. And I think it's going to be great. So it's very sentimental. Thanks, yeah, we're super oh, sentimental you, today. Yeah, yeah. And now the worst experiences you've ever had. Yeah. In yes. film. Well, tell you what, let's <laughs> let's do the typical segment that we do where it's, you know, um, let's talk about past few weeks. Yeah. What have we been up to? What have we been doing? Some of us have great stories to I tell. Would, so. I would love to go first. Absolutely. Go for it. So I just got back from a week in China, spent in Beijing with a good friend from school there who is currently residing in China. And I, I decided to go big or go home. I took only a film camera with me, oh, no digital yes. camera. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I just sent off those rolls today. So nice. I'm sort of got those. Yeah. What was it? Yeah. One convinced me I've got to get my own developing chemicals, which I was already, <laughs> already planning on. But what I spent today on film was almost the whole cost of starting up it's developing. True. Yeah, <laughs> so, true. But yeah. in any case, I knew I was sending these off because I didn't want my first foray, foray into developing my own film to be with uh, hopefully good. priceless <laughs> photos yeah, from right, China. Right. But it was a very neat experience. I think probably what I practiced most was street photography in Beijing because mm. uh, just everywhere you looked, you saw something that you would never see in America. Nice. Uh, from the people and how they dressed and how they looked to many of the vehicles. There was a wide variety of very interesting looking mm -hmm. uh, vehicles that people had either built themselves out <laughs> <Yeah>. of <laughs> spare parts or, and all of that. Um, and so for that, I mostly used an 85 lens on the Nikon F3. Mm. Great really? camera. And That's an interesting setup. I wouldn't have chose. I don't think well, I would have gone with that. I, 
it just sort of it sort of happened that way and when i got there with that 85 i realized that i really liked it for street photography because uh it's perfect for capturing a moment you know you can't take in a scene but you can take in like a specific person or mm-hmm. action and from a reasonable distance which is huge if you don't necessarily want to be seen taking the picture right although i also found about the chinese that they're much more open to that than mm-hmm. uh, at least i guess as a westerner who stood out a lot right. people would literally walk up right in front of me and just stare in my face without trying people, to be subtle wow. but i think they, thought you were a basketball player uh, at least two. At least I, my, two. my friend was asked a few times if I played basketball. Nice. John Henry is was six five, six four, six yeah. four. We'll round oh, up. Yeah. Six yeah. five, <laughs> seven foot. Yeah, <laughs> close enough. Seven tall. seven and a half feet. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> go uh, ahead. Maybe get an extra tall mic stand for him. <laughs> so I did. Although I tried to be discreet taking people's pictures, I actually found that if they saw me, all I had to do was smile, and they normally smiled back. Nice. nice. Man, um, I'm super pumped to see those. Yeah, I am too. I'm, I'm hoping they, they turned out. Focus especially, yeah. um, I'm hoping for, because uh, the particular F3 I have didn't have a split image focusing. Yeah, that's odd. I, it, so it was the one that we have Wait, at work. It, it's not the um, F3 with HP viewfinder, the high point viewfinder. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the older viewfinder, and they must have the older focusing screen or one of the a, other. Or it was or replaced. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I took a look at it this morning, and I was like, "Oh yeah. yeah, I thought it had something, but it doesn't." Hmm. Wait, so I don't, don't know if you focus. guys. Well, it's like focusing through a normal DSLR, right? Except without autofocus. So, it's got a small. Uh, you're supposed to focus on a small prism circle in the middle, yeah. which is supposed to be the most accurate. Although I, it seemed to me, for the most part, whatever looked in focus. Yeah, I mean, it's was. still ground glass, so it's still yeah. easier than yeah. like a 5D, but yeah. not by. Not by a lot. Yeah. So, uh, for anything where I had the time, I took a lot of time making sure I had the focus, sort of adjusting it back and forth. But yeah. for a lot of those street moments, it's like raise the camera, focus, and shoot all within mm-hmm. about a second and a half, mm-hmm. and then then you sort of replay it in your mind and, and try to repicture it. Think did I did I get it? Did I yeah. not? Yeah. But I don't know. We'll see. I'm yeah. sure I got some. I missed others, but it was a great learning opportunity. So I'm what, what? I'm sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. Uh, what roles did you shoot, and how many of each? I shot um, two. I shot only six roles. It was about one a day. Um, and since photography wasn't the main purpose of the trip, that you know was about right. Yeah. Um, I shot two Cinestell roles, which I'm really excited for. Those will hopefully be my first successful Cinestell roles. <laughs> Maybe when we talk about failures later. <laughs> which uh, Cinestell? Uh, Daylight Fifty. Okay. Uh, then I shot. Uh, two of the sort of very basic Kodak 400. Andy, you called them like the uh, grocery store. Yeah, Ultramax. Right? Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. I was like, these are what you get at Walgreens. Yeah, right? that's what yeah. Andy said. Are they Ultramax? I think so. It didn't actually well, it say Ultramax on them. It just said Kodak 400. Uh, one roll of Ultramax. Yeah, and I had another one like yeah. that. Ultramax is a great stock. It, it, it really is a great is. stock. A bit thicker grain. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, and the colors aren't quite as accurate as a, like a portrait, but... I think they're more characterful. Yeah, I think they are. The and thing. actually, for what I was shooting, where everything was sort of character-based, except yeah. for a very few landscape and architecture mm-hmm. things... Yeah. Um, they're hard to beat for the price. It's yeah. The, yeah. And then uh, uh, one HP5 and one Superior. The HP5 I'm excited for because I shot that at the Forbidden City. Because uh, going to the Forbidden City, I thought, 
there's a bajillion pictures of this on Google Images. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, what can I do to be something different and a little bit more creative? Mm-hmm. And so what I decided to do was shoot black and white, mostly on the 85, and I focused on the people who were visiting it. So all of the I don't know Chinese tourists uh, having a special day taking their <laughs> selfies or all of that, that's what I tried to capture, nice. you know, stuff you wouldn't necessarily see automatically on the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, we'll never see it because it's a forbidden city. So it's yeah, it's yes. yeah. You, you can't even develop uh, the film. It's yeah, a good joke, Brandon. I've said yeah, I've no. said too much already. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. awesome, man. I'm, oh, man, I, I did something similar when I went to Portland. Talked about like how I'd shot like nuts. I think I shot mm-hmm. a dozen rolls, but yeah, I was there for like half the time. You, I know. China. My <laughs> but, uh, my week in China is nothing compared to Daniel's well, weekend I, in Portland. I will say, I will say, the rolls were 120, so I was shooting yes, a lot yeah. less. I was probably shot a similar amount of frames, just on different yeah. format. Well, and I feel like the purpose of your trip was slightly more photography based. Okay. You yeah. went into it with more of a yeah. photography mindset. Not that you didn't, but yours was more to visit a friend mm-hmm. rather than to. Yeah, and know. we had things we were doing there, not all of which lent themselves right. to photography. Sure. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. And Beijing all sort of looks the same. No offense to any listeners, but the neighborhoods are very similar. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, it's like going around Chicago. I mean, after a while, you spend six days in yeah. Chicago and it's like it's all gonna uh, I mean, no, it's not all gonna look the same, but after a while you're like, I've gotten that. You gotta yeah. hunt for the new spots that right. are like flashy and cool. And if that's yeah. not your purpose, like seeking out specific photography yeah. spots, then you I can see running yeah. out of some stuff. Leave yeah. some leave some room for next time. So. Is there anything else new in your photography life in the last couple of weeks? Uh I feel like you're trying to hint at something, but I don't think so. <laughs> Alright. No, that's that was the main thing. Nice. Alright. My turn? Yeah. yeah. Um so part of my last couple weeks has been um, hunting down the last few things we need to make a very full and complete film developing film scanning system. Nice. Darkroom Dan. Yeah. Yes. So um, I, I now have a Epson V600 perfection scanner. Mm-hmm. Is that um, the one we have at the office? It is the same one that we have at the office. I did get a little bit of an upgraded like film scanning holders. Mm. So Lomography makes some holders that are magnetic they're called the digitalizer scanner uh scan holders or something mm-hmm. and they <coughs> allow you what, what's i mean what's awesome about it what you can't do with something like a naritsu or if, uh, i'm not sure if the frontier can but um it just grabs onto like the edges of the frame with a very strong set of magnets so you can actually scan your images with the sprocket holes if you're scanning oh. 135 film or you know 35 mil film and then the the 120 film because it's a lot of film tends to be very wrinkly and very like it'll fold up in on itself the magnets are much stronger than the system on the 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 epson so it holds them really really tight and so you end up getting actually like much more high resolution scans because there's no variation in height or anything like that so um your scans end up being pretty clear so i'm excited about that because i love scanning and i love spending time kind of being you know, particular with how my scans turn out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I talked about the, I picked up the 35 mil for the Pentax ME Super. Nice. Which is a, a lens that I'm just much more happy as a walk around lens. Um, John Henry, you actually lent me a 28 mil for the Pentax. I love that thing. It's 2.8 and it's wide angle. And I almost treated it like it was a point and shoot. Um, it was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think, I think Dan Tamarkin kind of got in my head a little mm-hmm. bit because I've been shooting just a lot on my Fuji. 
he talked about how the Fuji's a cool camera. I'm like, heck yeah, it is. And I've just <laughs> been shooting with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, I don't know. I've, I've asked myself, you know, should I bring a film camera? Should I bring a digital camera? What should I bring? And the Fuji's is the thing that it never leaves my bag. It never leaves, and it's always got a camera strap on it, so it's got a fresh battery and a new card in it. So mm-hmm. um, I took that to a race my brother and I went to and took it to... Um, an indie car race and um when are we going to see some of those race pictures uh well i also brought my <laughs> pentax and me super to the race and my mamiya sure, okay. <laughs> so, so you got a lot of shots uh, i have a i have a handful of shots mm-hmm. um so yeah i've just been up to mm-hmm. some some standard film stuff nice yeah yeah just to kind of uh, bring it up as well. So if you follow our Instagram, we have some of the shots on our website, uh, thatvintagelens.com. We're also on Instagram at thatvintagelens. Uh, and so feel free to follow us there. Um, that's pretty much our handle everywhere. Uh, we've been so follow us there because a lot of the shots that we talk about will post there. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure that some of John Henry's China shots will be up there. I'm sure some of Daniel's race shots will be up there. Um, so all four of us post to that Instagram. Um, and then we'll also kind of tag who is taking the photo. Just you kind of, you know, you can follow the personal Instagrams as well. But yeah, it's a great place to, to kind of keep up on on what we're shooting, what film stocks, what cameras and all of that. So yeah, yeah and that's follow. a great place. So you guys can reach out to us and let us know if there's any topics you want us to talk about. Mm-hmm. Or we'd you know love to know who our listeners are. So yeah, if there's something you're just curious about, or heck, if you're if you just want to reach out and be like, hey, you know, I'm looking for a first time camera for film. What should I get? Um, a Leica. That, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, looking so for a first time camera, and I'm very Dan, rich. Dan Tamark yeah. is like, yes, <laughs> yes. <exactly. laughs> so yeah, we'd be happy to to uh, give our feedback on that too. I mean, we. We're all gearheads to a certain extent, um, yes. even though that is not what makes the photographer, but we still enjoy yeah. uh, talking about the equipment. So, uh, yeah, we'd be happy to give our two cents on that. So That, that reminds me, actually, um, I, I don't know if I want to give a shout out to it, but I'll just mention um, one of the places that I find that I'm most inspired about photography is the subreddit r slash analog. Um, because it's anonymous the way that reddit works is like you don't know who's posting it they have Mm -hmm. a name but the name doesn't link to any account with email or any anything so no one can really be like braggadocious on reddit for the most part um and so people just post film photos they post what camera what film and i find that i'm really inspired about what i want to shoot next whether it's a format or a film stock and so from my research there i picked up some fomapan and some Lomo Color 800. And that just came in the mail a few days ago. And I'm very excited about it, both in 120 format. And uh, I'm, yeah, I, the, all the results I see, I'm like, dang, I want to shoot that. I want to try that out. Foam sure. Pan is a low speed, mm-hmm. high contrast. Um, is that what you sent me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, low speed, low grain, sh- very sharp kind of. Uh, but also very cheap black and white film. And then Lomo 800 is kind of really the only other option you have for a, a high speed color um, negative for um, for 120. Because hmm. there's Portrait 800 and Cinestill 800, and that's basically it. Mm-hmm. It's basically your only two options. But for like mainstream from, stocks. Like I'm sure there are like some really obscure ones that you can find. Maybe. But a lot of them discontinued. Yeah, not on B&H. B&H yeah. really only has those two. And now, oh, yeah. now Lomo 800. So um, 
from what I've seen, it looks a lot like an Ultra Max. It's got nice colors, <laughs> relatively low grain, and so I'm really pumped to to start shooting some of that stuff. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I saw B and H. The Lomo is that with the purple wrapper, right? I don't know. I haven't opened it up yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they um, sent me some. So Lomo does have a few very interesting film stocks. I'll say interesting, like more non-traditional. But then they also have very traditional film stocks. So um, they're Lomo Color 200, Lomo Color 400, and Lomo Color 800. Act a lot like your classic Kodak, your Fuji stocks. Accurate colors. They're not super out there weird. As You know, you think Lomo, sometimes you think of very strange photo effects. But mm-hmm. it's pretty traditional from what I, from what I can uh, surmise. Nice. So I was looking at this Lomo Chrome Purple. Hmm. That's not a traditional film. No, stuff. not a traditional. <laughs> no, but I when I was thinking about that because you sent me an image of the Aerochrome. Aerochrome, yeah, Kodak Aerochrome, which it's an is, infrared stock. It seems like the opposite of infrared. Um, you know, well, what? I don't know. I don't it's know like what I'm a weird about. spectrum. It doesn't it doesn't it's, pick up visible light. It picks up other other parts of the yeah. Vis- it's uh, the this guy right spectrum. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, that's which is awesome. That is pretty cool. It's also taken on the Bronica. Nice. Of course. We'll be seeing your infrared shots soon. Yes. Right? <laughs> Daniel has them. I have them, and now I have the scanner. So yeah. we're waiting Let's in suspense. Oh. Yeah. Upcoming, um, it may not be our next episode, but probably the one right after that. Um, we actually have a, a great guest coming on for this next um, episode. Uh, so, yeah, stay tuned for that. We'll give you a little more information coming up. Um, right now, it's a surprise. surprise. But, Is uh, it a after, surprise? Well, I don't know. It's kind of Why a surprise. Why are you telling people? <laughs> Uh, no, I not yet, but yeah. I'm well, very, yeah, I, I mean, think we're all super excited. We have to build excited. suspense here. I mean, yeah. You know, yeah, it's going to be a very exciting episode. But after that, we're going to have the um, second part of our, not rare, what did we call Unique it? Unique film swap. Unique yeah. film swap. Yeah. There it is. Um, and so we have all those those four films that we shot. If you, if you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen to it uh, so you know what we're shooting. Um, and we shot them in very different places, mm-hmm. and they're all very different films. So I'm curious yeah. to see how it turns out. Um, mine is the only one that is, has yet to be developed, yeah. mostly because it requires a special developer and, and special uh, chemicals. So those have made it into the office. We have them. Uh, so now Daniel is going to be... Uh, Daniel. Yeah, he, he will Daniel. go for Dan. Yeah, Dan. developing on Sunday, and then scanning him in, yeah. hopefully Sunday night. Nice. Man. I, I can't wait for those. That is the last roll of film from Scotland that I have yet to really? develop. So yeah, so that was shot in Scotland. Wow. Uh, so I'm curious to see. I, I it's a very high contrast film. So I tried to go for places that had a lot of mm. um, a lot of texture and a lot of uh, grit. So we'll mm-hmm. see how it turns out. It's supposed to be super sharp. So. A lot yeah. of plaid. Yeah, yeah, a lot, <laughs> yeah. A lot, a lot of plaid. A lot of plaid. A lot of tartan. Yeah, Andy, you want to jump in? What have you been up to? Um, Really not too much. I guess I'm going to be going on a trip. My wife's going to be taking me on a trip. You guess you're going to be going on a trip? <laughs> well, it, there's the this whole part. suspense thing. She doesn't. She hasn't told me exactly where we're going. All she said was pack a lot of film. And you, you packed know, a lot of film. You know when you're going? Uh, I think we're leaving Thursday, but so maybe no. Friday, maybe Saturday. Okay. I don't know. Your wife sounds like a very mysterious woman. Yeah. <laughs> she said that she's been planning this for three months. She's oh. like, she keeps saying, you're not ready. The best part wow. of it is... Oh, gosh. I know. I, I, should I be scared? The best part of it is I know when he's leaving, and he doesn't, because I needed to know for work, and so yeah. his wife texted People me to, work, let, no. to ah. let me know. There's a person at the front desk that knows, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I've known for a while when you're leaving. Yeah, yeah. That's, how, oh. that's amazing. 
So you'll Rob have a knows. lot then to tell once you come back. Our next episode, yes, you're going to be the one with all the. If if you come back, if I come back, I might <laughs> you're not ready. I yeah. will be different. You will be uh, different. You'll be a changed man. Yeah. So I don't know how. I think it was like 16 rolls of film. I don't know if I'll get man. through all of them, but you I do just more power. Yeah. Well, you, you got to cover all your bases because you might be going somewhere with like no light. You got to bring yeah. something fast. And you, I have no idea where. Uh, Hopefully, it's not spelunking. I hope not, right? With my Bronica. He's out of luck if it's spelunking. <laughs> Bring a flash. Yeah. <laughs> Bring a 16 millimeter lens. Yeah. Nice. So that's. I mean, I don't remember. I got a new backpack, but that's boring. <laughs> well, uh, what is it? I got. Do you a, like it? I do. It's the Temba Axis 24 liter. Okay. And uh, nice there's bag. no such thing as a perfect bag. I've researched high and low well i got i shouldn't say that i guess i could have found there is a bag that is great but dang we're talking like these bags go up four or five hundred bucks for yeah, these bags that's true every feature you ever wanted but yeah i don't know about four or five hundred bucks right yeah. now mm-hmm. but i mean the access is i mean and any just about anything tenba you're gonna get a great bag yeah there are ones that i like more than others yeah um they're designed for different things but I've been very... I mean, I've got some Think Tank stuff. I've got some Tenba stuff. I think some of the Tenba stuff I've got is the best. That yeah. I've, yeah. I mean, in terms of durability and usability, there are others that are more stylish or have you know mm-hmm. a couple better features. But as far as being a well-rounded backpack, Tenba's fantastic. And I have their, their Cinelux bag for my C200, and mm-hmm. I love it. It just... It's yeah. a trooper. I can throw it around. Everything's safe. Um, so... Nice. Yeah, ba- bags. People. I mean, people can go crazy with bags because they're they are very expensive and they're fun to buy. But there are also a lot of people who don't understand like what's the big deal with a bag? I'll just throw it in whatever. Yeah. It's fine. But I mean, if you're carrying that thing on your shoulders for you know, mm-hmm. multiple days a week for long periods of time, it, thousands it, it, of dollars of equipment. It matters. Oh, you yeah. know, What kind of bag? And it, it can it can make your whole life a lot better or a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This one has the adjustable straps, so you can actually they have the card where you can break the. Uh, velcro and then lift up the shoulder straps up oh, and down nice, nice so depending on i don't know how tall you are or short you are or yeah. whatever mm-hmm. so nice it's exciting i guess yeah no that's that's great <laughs> it, it, i'm i'm glad to have it because i'm i'm able to pack my bronica my gh5 um the t5i and if i wanted the ae1 the canon ae1 so i have plenty of room and yeah, my 15 inch uh macbook pro mm-hmm so it's a lot of camera for a oh yeah it's it's, he- it's plenty heavy yeah it's yeah it's heavy <laughs> nice. nice brandon so. i know you have some big news that we're all gonna be i know i have big news well there's there's been a lot of big news this week it's true so brandon st- didn't buy anything i know what, what? <laughs> no no that's a joke no the funny thing is this i think I, i've spent more money this week than i have in my entire life um we yeah. bought a house so oh, we are going to be the um, the home studio will be moving, and it'll be moving to a place that has more space and also looks much better. So that's when we'll probably start it's more recording. Vintage. It, it does look a bit more vintage, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we'll probably start filming the podcasts at some point in that new space. Um, it's close to where all of us are, like all of us are going to be fairly it close really to each other, is. and so it's it'll be nice. a lot more. Um, a lot more convenient for everyone. Yeah. So so that's going to be great. We'll have more space to kind of run the podcast and do that frequently and, and have kind of a set there as well as film some stuff there as well. Um, on the camera side of things, and I really just need to stop spending money on cameras. <laughs> I mean, that's just the, the simple fact of it. But I love the old 
um, manufacturing and the quality and just getting to tinker with a new camera. And after the last episode, it shouldn't be any, a surprise to anyone that that new camera is a Leica. Where is it so at? So it's sitting it not- there. If you want to grab it yeah. on, it's in the... Yeah. It's yeah. In a, Bring it in. Oh. So, it's in a Pelican case, guys. Yeah, so I'm very careful with my cameras. I like to buy cameras in, in fantastic shape because I, I know I'm going to be keeping them probably the rest of my life, especially these uh, mechanical, manual, um, uh, you know, old cameras. So I I wasn't planning on picking up a camera. I really wasn't. I guarantee you that. And I was looking, just kind of pricing some stuff out, and I stumbled upon... Oh, gosh, the light. I know. I stumbled upon... Yeah, glare, the glare <laughs> off the lens. No, so I stumbled upon this olive green Leica M4. It's a repaint. Wait so a it's, second. It's you not, got something else on there. I know. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> So I so I, I saw that and it's the only one I've ever seen with that color and it kind of it happens to be like one of my favorite colors green has always been my favorite color and so you have a lot of things that are that exact color like yeah just that you already own yeah and so it was perfect it was you know the the olive green uh, painted camera in fantastic shape the M4 is the one I had been looking at for a long time anyway um, and so I, I put an offer in and it was like a really low ball offer I'm like he's not gonna go for this. And then he countered with an offer that really wasn't that much higher than my lowball. And so it was like, well, I mean, I got to do it now. So I ended up going for it. Um, and now, so I couldn't afford a very nice lens. I'm, pull, I'm doing exactly what uh, Tamarkin talked about. So I couldn't afford that nice of a lens. So I picked up a $60 um, Canon that is uh, an L39 mount. And it's like solid brass. Uh, coated, it, it's um, silver. Um, is it? And how do they do this? They paint it silver, or is it like uh, silver chrome? Like yeah, yeah so it's it's chrome. Yeah. Um, and so then I just got an adapter for the, the M4, and so I have the um, yeah the the Canon lens on there. It's a fantastic little lens, and the camera's been a joy. And the thing that Andy was talking about, yes, there is something else on it. It's a Leica meter, so it's. He I got really sensitive there when I was like, "There's something else on there." Yeah, I know because he. <laughs> I, he's should, giving, I shouldn't buy any more things. Giving me a hard time about it, but yeah. <laughs> well, we're we're our worst enemy. Brandon and I are like, yeah, I'm thinking about buying this. I know. Well, this time I really have to stop. Um, <laughs> partly because the house, I like legitimately have to stop, um, and also just because I don't really need anything else. Um, I've got a long list of cameras because yeah, you're showing to, it to me today. I know it's it not like great. 13 cameras long. Of like, yeah. I think this is in order of things I'd like to pick up. Right, right. Tell so, us more about the light meter. That's yeah, so Leica, since they, I think they introduced it in the 50s, they've made a, a bunch of these Leica meters that fit on the top. This oh, one's the MC, awesome. and it's coupled with uh, the shutter. So as you adjust it, you can, it, it's this one in particular is not run on batteries. Um, this one's uh, a selenium. Uh, light meter so just powered powered by the sun and um yeah so it's i got it cheap on ebay um they're actually not that expensive and if you find one that works it's kind of a cool compliment to the the camera you see the needle in there guys that's cool yeah so i yeah yeah the accuracy is so so yeah it's like within within a range that i'm comfortable with i mean it's film you know it'll Mm -hmm. adjust yeah so um it tends to run this one runs a little bit hot um, but so you, you know, tend to overexpose. Tend to overexpose which a little bit, which anyway. is what you want yeah. with film. Have you seen your results yet? I have not. So uh, I have like ten rolls of film that need to go out. Uh, so that's not all from the Leica. Not all from the Leica. <laughs> okay. No, I've got I've got <laughs> like, two. Dang. No, I, I really <laughs> shot a lot with this one. No, um, 
I only shot. Yeah, just I just kept going. <laughs> well, yeah. No, so um, I've only got two rolls out of this one, um, and I'll talk a little bit about my experiences with it um, when we get into like the failures, which need to be fast. Um, not that I failed with this one, but this one was the one that actually worked properly when I failed with something else. Um, so yeah, it's been a fantastic camera to use. I'm I'm very very uh, happy that we talked to Dan and we just discussed all the different. Um, like the cameras and I don't know there's something about just German craftsmanship Mm -hmm. that really appeals to me Yeah, and I love feeling I mean these cameras like I mentioned earlier I plan to keep these things the rest of my life um, have them serviced hand some of these down to my kids if Mm -hmm. they are interested in film photography we'll take it though yeah I'm sure (laughs) I was going to say if they're not right we'll love it exactly (laughs) so I like the idea of having something that it's it's going to last as long as I will so so I at the same time picked up another camera don't worry it was not expensive it was (laughs) a um, I found it on eBay and it was like it's so cheap I almost have to pick it up it was a Zenit E a Russian built camera and I think I might have mentioned it the last time on but you, so these, I don't think you had it. I didn't have it yet. No, these came in on the same day. So this one shipped. This one arrived two days after it was ordered. The other one took a month to ship. So just different shipping speeds. But they arrived on the same day. So I'm going to have an episode coming out, uh, a, or not an episode, but a, a blog post, um, a tale of two cameras because I unboxed them next to each other, yeah. and they are mm-hmm. polar opposites yeah. in terms of, uh, cam- as far as cameras go. Oh, Total yeah. Total cultural so, clash. Yeah, yeah, very much so. The Germans versus the Russians. Um, <laughs> We've seen that before. Yeah, I feel like there's <laughs> there's almost a Rocky movie about it. But, <laughs> almost. But not almost, I mean. But, um, yeah, so it'll be great. I mean, it's it's a so tiny compared to the it other. Is, yeah. And yet it weighs more, I think, than yeah. my F3 with lens on it. And it does. And it's real crazy. quick, give us your because we are short on time mm-hmm. what we found the person that actually yeah the guy who actually um so we follow him on instagram i'll have to post it in the show notes because i don't even know how, how you pronounce his name yeah but it's um a gentleman in a taiwan who actually works on these cameras he will pick them up and refurbish them and so i f- we found pictures of the camera as it was going through refurb as it was being repainted yeah. and all really that really special and at first i thought that it was um I thought that I'd been scammed because we saw the pictures and the serial number is identical to the one that I have. Uh, and I was like, oh, no, he's just like, he's, you know, stamping them out, stamping them out. You know, what have I done? I picked up. But no, it's they were actually photos of the camera as as he was working on it, which is just awesome to have some of those like before and after photos. So we'll post in the show notes. Um, there's no film in there. Don't worry. <laughs> um, I was like, if this doesn't. Cause, tell me yeah, no, it's. I love the paint jobs that he does. Yeah, it's guys, it's <laughs> great. You wouldn't know that it was not. Uh, you would think that it was done by the manufacturer. Let's put it that way. Yeah, his. Uh, it is. It is very, very nice. How he was able to fill in Leica and everything that is stamped out on there, it it does not look janky at all. It, clearly, it's like craftsmanship. It's yeah, not, it's not like this guy. He loves his work. You can yeah. see that too, because yeah. if you go through his feed, you see the other cameras that he's worked on. Mm-hmm. And and this is on Instagram that we're seeing all these yeah. photos, but um, he's got the same name on eBay. Um, but yeah, it's we'll share it in the show notes because it's he's i mean i just like looking through like half the cameras i'm not going to buy but they're fun well i don't think so if you guys are if you guys are to be believed i'm going to buy all of them yes um i get text messages from this guy every so often he's like hey man you know this is a good deal you should buy it (laughs) 
It's true. Well, hey, if you're looking for it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I enjoy <laughs> looking at equipment, so I'll send you the the deals. No, that I, I was like, but... dude, it crossed my mind for like five seconds. It's like, no, don't get out of my head. Yeah, yeah. No, that so. cannon. Anyways. Yep. Yep. All right, so we should probably move on to the main yeah. topic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what are our our largest failures? We'll start with failures, and then we'll go to positive experiences. Yeah. That way, we end on a high note. Yes. Um. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about. Uh, issues we've had and then some of the successes you want to start yeah sure so uh my <laughs> i don't know if it was my second roll of film but it was probably the second time i was loading film myself into the camera it's distant enough now that i feel comfortable admitting this i put the canister in upside down Ooh. so that's that's what caused the problems <laughs> that was when you and i were out shooting right yeah well it's when i finished it yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, Bummer. Yeah, so I shot the whole roll, and I guess you can put it in upside down, and it'll <laughs> advance and everything. Hmm. Uh, but it will not rewind. No. <laughs> it will not rewind. <laughs> I go to rewind it, and uh, it's just sticking, and I'm... You know, what are you going to do? You sort of have to do your best at that point, because you yeah. can't open it. Mm-hmm. So... I guess it sort of rewound, but I could just tell something janky was happening. I heard almost grinding or uh, yeah, I hate that cries coming from inside the camera. <laughs> Tears, the camera's uh, crying. And sure enough, I opened it, you know, wincing and squinting, not knowing what I was going to find, and I, I saw the entire roll all sort of spooled up still on oh, the other side. Like, but that's what that looks like. Snapped. Yeah, and there's there's nothing for it but to just pull out all of the film. I had just taken a few shots that I thought were amazing. <laughs> I was gonna love. Daniel was there. Yeah, yeah. We um, that's a rough that's a rough moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, I think I, I I had it was easier to accept it because one it was very early on and I just knew having talked to you guys and all of that that stuff like this is going to happen yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, it happens to the best of people I mean um, some of it is equipment error but you know when you run through enough film cartridges or film uh, rolls eventually you're going to have something that's messed up yeah, and I'm happy to say I haven't put my film in upside down since then. Great! So, yeah. awesome. Congratulations, right. that's the victory right there. Yeah. yeah, I feel like no matter how long you've been shooting film or doing photography in general, like you're gonna you're gonna trip over your shoelaces eventually, yep. mm-hmm. like time and time and time again. Um, hopefully, that just doesn't ruin your day. Um, so I don't have a whole lot of big mistakes. I oh, I can find something. All right, all right. <laughs> in film photography, at, yeah. um, just in terms of like loading in a, a roll the wrong way, or um, you know, messing up a roll when you're mm-hmm. you know taking it out of the camera, you know, all of those kind of things. I do have a, um, I do have one. Brandon, it was me, and you, and Andy Asco, another guy oh, we were shooting, yeah, yeah. and. I didn't tell you this at the time. Oh. So we were shooting, like, doing all these, you know, kind of classic travel. We don't have a whole lot of time to, to take photos while we travel for work. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we do, we usually we take that take advantage of that time. Right? Yep. We go to cool places. We try to spot some cool things within the hour or two hours we have free. And we were shooting some good stuff. I'm like, man, this feels good. Like, I, I had, was in a rhythm. And um, I had Portra 400 in the camera. And I had set my meter to the... 400 i had the little film slip in the back and uh we get back to the to the to the car and my my roll like my camera was set to like you know 
30, the 39th image. <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck? Like, why is this doing this? And I know, Brandon, that you remember this moment. And I open up the, the camera, there's no film in there. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what's worse, Daniel. And I'm like, what the heck? Did, I loaded film in here. Like, what the heck? I unloaded it. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> and... I had taken some portraits of a guy that I wasn't going to see it for months and months and months. And I was very excited about those and some just, you know, some travel photography. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, gosh, darn it. Like, what the heck? There's nothing. I feel like there, there's, there's no, there's no greater kind of loss in photography than taking photos that you will never be able to see. Mm-hmm. And then like pit in your stomach of like, well, what the heck did I do wrong? So I guess that is a relatively big mistake, but it wasn't like for a client. It wasn't, I sure, wasn't like sure. in China or anything, you know, I, I was just, I think I was in Philly or something, um, and it it stung. But I moved I moved past it pretty quick. Yeah. Um, a buddy of mine uh, that that I developed film with, um, he and I shot some some stills in Chinatown one time, and we were going to develop the roles together. And we hadn't developed film together in I want to say two or three months. And uh, he was like, "Yeah, the, the chemicals they last like a really long time." So I was like, all right, you develop your role first. I'm going to do mine after yours, just to make sure. And he's like, oh, yeah, I got 100% confidence. I'm like, all right, if you got 100% confidence, you do yours first. And he you know, develops his role. He does everything right. Comes back. The negative, the, like the film strip is completely black. Nice. Hmm. Nothing. And I'm like, dude, well, so, what some the that heck bubble happened? Film. He was freaking out because he's like, dude, I was really excited about those images. What the heck? And... Uh, I almost was like, all right, the next one, it'll be fine. I'll, I'll put my role in there. It'll be good. But I didn't. And that, so that was like me avoiding a very big mistake. Because sure. I ended up liking a lot of the photos that were on that role when I sent it into the dark Smart room because I didn't trust him. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that was a almost big mistake that I avoided. Nice. Yeah. Well. That was good. Yeah. Or bad. Too, yeah. yeah was one bad. of those. Is your, is your friend Boomer? Not my friend Boomer Kingsley. No. <laughs> I don't, I don't, like I don't oh, think man, Boomer shoots film. Uh, <laughs> he's not entirely unlike Boomer Kingsley. No. My, my, my friend Cody. He, he's a he's an awesome guy, but he uh, he does have a lot. A Cody, little, my man. Yeah, chemicals, man. He chemicals. does have a little bit of a broy side every once in a while. It every now out. and then, yeah. But no, he's does a he have long hair. He no, he's got like messy surfer hair. Okay. He looks he looks kind of like a Cali bro. Cali bro. man. Yeah. He's a lot of vocal fry. He's a good dude, though. Yeah. Uh, we shoot film together, and there's, you know that's, dude, yeah, that's a strong friendship right there. I want to hook up with you guys yes. to go over the the film developing process. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm gonna buy a kit. Yeah. I know John Henry, you said you're gonna buy a kit. I'm gonna buy a kit. Man, uh, how many kits do we need? Yeah, honestly, I, we I don't, don't need that many. I think I'm gonna buy a kit, and then it'd be great if we could just all. Cause I don't mind developing. Mm-hmm. If you guys mm-hmm. trust me with your well, so another benefit to this place that the house that we just picked up, I feel like I, I, it sounds like I just went to the grocery store and I just picked well, up a I new mean, house. You, you didn't know. really tell anyone that it was happening, and all of a well, sudden you're I like, mean, "I bought a house today." Yeah, well, it's. I mean, what are you going to say? Like, oh, I put in an offer, and like it may go through, it may not. You know, mm, so lame. Um, I mean, I could do that, but then it's like every yeah, time we do that, that's true. So it just so happened to be like one of the first times we did that. Shopping um, at the Whole Foods. Yeah, shopping at Whole Foods. No, so uh, we have a basement. And there's a, a full size bathroom in the basement, um, nice. and so mm-hmm. like there's space to develop film. Yeah. So if people want to come over and do that, like if we want to do like a film developing day at my place, I would be happy to host that once a month. That'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah. that would be, be rad. So 
Failures, Andy. Failures. Okay, so I <laughs> think all of us have done the whole shot a roll and then didn't put it in the camera properly. Sure. I was just a little bit, I had to think about this. Something a little different was um, Easter. I shot a lot of photos of my family. My son's, he's was he's was just over one at that point and want to get a lot of pictures and we were shooting in the backyard and we I did get a lot of pictures that I love out of that um but god bless my my father-in-law he there tends to be some I don't know southern hillbilly kind of thing going on because there is a toilet bowl in the garden so a lot of my images have this great thing going like my mother-in-law's pulling my son in the wagon it's epic and then there's a toilet bowl <laughs> what the heck yeah is it a functioning toilet bowl? no it's a, I would it's, hope not. it's a planter they were like oh this looked great in the garden so now a lot of my images have that I love you, Mike. That's when you just bring it to Photoshop and clone tool it out. <laughs> yeah, I probably could. Yeah. And I think I'm going to, it's going to be one of the pictures I post on the gram. Just <laughs> nice. so you guys can see it, see what I'm talking about. It's got an arrow in it. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, it's nice. So, lesson learned. Look at your background. Yeah. <laughs> Big deal. You think you got it all figured out. Like, this is going to be amazing. You're in the moment. Toilet bowl. Nice. So. So mine, I'll try and make it short. Um. I think my biggest fail was recently. And, you know, it's one of those things where, in the end, it's not a, a huge mistake. It's a small mistake that has great consequences. Um, and so mine was similar in some ways to the other guys where <clears throat> we were... Uh, so Andy and I were filming uh, a video at Fort Bragg in North Carolina, uh, the center of the universe for uh, <laughs> yeah. the Special Forces. And so we were there for a few days, uh, two days filming, um, filming with paratroopers, I mean, it was like, you know, the big C-17s flying over, people jumping out, all of that fun stuff, dropping uh, cargo out. And so we were getting these great shots. And along the way, I'd been shooting my trusty F3, which was the first film camera that I ever bought, um, one of the most reliable things I've ever used. And I was uh, shooting the Leica next to it, but mostly focusing on the F3. Uh, and I'd loaded some Portra 400 in, great film. Um, and, or no, sorry, I take that back. That I'd already shot the Portra 400. I was trying something new. Mm -hmm. So I had HP5 in the camera, and I was shooting with an orange filter. Mm. And so I was already loving the shots. You know, you know there are those, those rolls of film that are like, oh, it's a roll of film. And then there are rolls of film, you know? And this was one of the latter. This was like, I'm taking the shots, and I'm like, you know what? These are some of the best portraits I've, I've ever taken. I've been working a lot more. I'm, I'm typically more architectural and landscape-based, but I was focusing a lot more on street photography style, like portraits and that sort mm -hmm. of thing. So we had some great shots there of soldiers sitting before they jump out of the plane, just sitting on a bench, you know, with their their uh, parachute next to them, just kind of thinking through everything. There's one shot in particular um, that I got that I was so pleased with. It was um, our, our, the subject of, of the video. He's sitting in this room with just tons of these wooden benches. There's this giant American flag sitting behind him, and he's sitting on the bench in a stream of light, like the skylight is sending light through the window on him alone. And he's sitting there with his head down, just in contemplation or prayer, one of the two, and then his, his parachute's next to him, and he's just preparing for the jump. 
and I got that shot, and I was like, this is one that will hang on the wall until I die. This is the shot. We also went to this little area where they actually jump out of the airplanes, the drop zone, and there were these, um, you know, these old military buses out there that looked like they'd been sitting out there for 30 years. They're just, you know, kind of decomposing these buildings that they use for, uh, that look like blown out, bombed out buildings uh, that they use for training. And we're taking photos there. The light is just cutting through. It's like the, the shadows. And I'm, I'm sitting there thinking there could not be a better time to use black and white film and I'm trying out this orange filter then we're taking shots of the paratroopers coming out of the airplane you know the drop in the packages the the C17 flying right over us it was absolutely mind blowing and I finished that role and I was like I have never in my life been happier with a roll of film that I have shot and so I I finished up that 36 that 36 shot roll made you know got an extra frame in there 37 then got another extra frame, 38. And I was like, okay, that's... And got an extra frame, 39. And by the time I shot the 40th shot on that roll, there's just, you know, your your stomach just drops. And Be we're mind. driving You're back. You're looking at me. And I, I'm looking at Andy as I'm opening up the back of this camera. And we've I've been shooting stills on this camera, that one roll for half a day at least. Uh, and I open it up. And the film had never advanced. Um, it had slipped right as I, I had, you know, latched it onto the other side, and so it didn't advance past that. Uh. So on the bright side, I have great like thirty-six time exposures on that one <laughs> frame, which will look fantastic. Uh, on the other hand, I lost all of those shots um, because they were technically never taken on that roll. So. Oh, man. I have to give credit to uh, to Andy and to our tour guide uh, at the time, um, uh, Lieutenant First Class, or I think that was her uh, Sergeant First Class. Sergeant First Class. I, I am. I apologize if I get the title wrong. Um, uh, and Kista uh, De Gregorio. So she was mm-hmm. uh, with us, and so she drove us back to that little uh, bombed out area with the buses, and I was actually able to take. Uh, some of the shots, again, they weren't as good as the originals because the light had changed, um, and so it was more of a, a top-down light rather than an angled light. Yeah. Um, and I will never get back some of the ones that I took of the soldiers. That's just not going to happen. Um, but and that I have never kicked myself so hard. Never kicked myself so hard. I, I have loaded countless rolls of film in that camera, and I could not believe I messed it up there. So... Um, so yeah, similar to yours, Daniel. Except the film was actually in the camera. Yeah. Uh, it just never actually made it past the first. So yeah. Um, that's Brandon, such a bummer. I had to coach him down, man. He was about to jump. I'm, well, I was without not a happy. parachute. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, Dude. yeah. I've never. I'm so fortunate. I've never been in a situation where I've been so pissed about like not having those images because it's unfortunate and like you think about it and you like ruminate with it. You're like, dang, I really wish I had gotten those shots. I just want to see what they look like. Mm-hmm. But. I haven't done it yet where I've just screwed up a role and I'm like, I will, I can't, I can't live with that. Like that is mm-hmm. just the worst. So it'll this, happen eventually. It just hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Just to give a little insight, especially on the, that one shot that Brandon was talking about with the soldier that's about to jump. So this area is where they're able to, uh, place 14,000 soldiers that would be ready to be on a plane and heading anywhere in the world within 18 minutes. So he's sitting there in this place. It was it was an epic shot because I, you know we both had our red cameras and we were filming, 
so i saw what he was looking at and he was grabbing those shots mm-hmm. so that was i can see what he's talking about because that was the first thing we noticed when we walked in it's like right there that spot yeah. right there mm-hmm. so man yeah so today we're going to end slightly on a low note in that we just talked about our failures but that's the thing you know yes. this part of this is those of you starting in film photography or heck those of you who have been doing it for 30 years you know those of you who've been doing it a while know you're going to make mistakes you're going to have issues those of you who are just starting you will have those moments where you just make these mistakes these small mistakes that just have huge consequences and you think it's the end of the world i thought it was the end of the world the other day it was like oh my gosh like i lost some of the best shots and it will all i guess i think to a certain extent it will always feel that way yeah yeah. when you lose those shots it's always the best role that you had ever taken Mm -hmm. this one i will say in like in hindsight i think it was um (laughs) but that was mostly due to the location like the the fact i was trying new things had a brand new filter that i was that i I think is going to turn out great shots if you don't know what an orange filter does um we're going to be talking with someone in the next episode who is very uh attuned to what an orange filter will do to black and white film mm-hmm. um so stay tuned for hint. that a little, a little hint, hint a little hint um so stay tuned for that and we will get back around to talking about the the, the biggest successes that we've had yeah. um but just remember you know everybody makes mistakes it happens to all of us and the best thing is you know in the end you've had that experience you've practiced with that you've had the experience in that moment and that's the great thing about film photography at the very least, you were there to experience it as well, and you were in the moment. So, um, yeah, never never give up. Well, before we go, I'll just send everyone over to our, our website again, thatvintagelens.com. You can check us out at Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, at thatvintagelens. Um, and also feel free to follow us if you haven't already on SoundCloud, which is where all of our podcasts go. They're mm-hmm. also on some of the other major podcasting networks from uh, Apple Podcasts um, to you know a few of the others, TuneIn, all the other big ones, and we're trying to do these much more frequently. Get some great hosts on here, or some great some great guests rather. Uh, last time we had Dan Tamarkin. If you haven't heard that episode, head over there and listen to that. He's a, a fantastic guy, um, very personable and great on the podcast. So uh, check us out there. Be sure to like and subscribe. So something quick I'm going to bring up as well. Uh, we are going to be starting a Patreon soon. And I don't necessarily encourage people right now to donate. You know, we're still getting some of this off the ground, but we're trying to put out a lot of great content and we are all um, supported by the four of us. I mean, all of this, uh, this content here, the hosting, the website hosting, um, the storage for the podcast, all of that happens uh, with our own personal money. And that's great, but it also limits us a little bit in that if we have a bit of a tight month or something like that, it, we can't do quite as much. So... In the future, we'll be seeing if anyone's interested in, you know, a dollar a month. Something tiny to just help us out with the monthly expenses. But any little bit will help to kind of keep this going. And if you have great experiences listening to our podcasts, um, maybe it's worth it to you. There's absolutely no pressure there. And we will continue putting out great content for all of you. So thank you very much for listening. We're very happy to be here. Um, I was going to say, if you have any friends who are interested in film photography, spread the love. Yeah. Let, let them know that we're doing episodes of the podcast over here and we have a lot more on the way. Absolutely. All <laughs> right. We'll talk to you all soon. Thanks all right. again for listening.